0: What Jesus does is it's a comfort for us who slog through this muddy world that we don't get unsaved when we sin. Now, now think about the, the way that 1 John 1, nine is written. I, I will read it to you. The essence of 1 John 1.9, we see this, that if we're constantly confessing our sins which is washing a specific part of us. That's the tense of the first verb in 1 John 1, 9. God is faithful and just to already once and for all have cleansed us. That's John 13, 10. You are already bathed. Once and for all, Jesus' death on the cross has completely dealt with the penalty for all of our sins. But we are responsible to confess and forsake each one. And when we don't, then we start getting dirty feet at the meal. And we start becoming distracting to those around us, and we begin to pollute our worship of God. We don't need to be bathed all over. We don't need to be saved again. We need to regularly repent. We need to often confess. And we need to always enjoy being washed by Jesus. Well, that's Christ's living example. Foot washing was a parable... It was a living illustration by Jesus of the character of his entire ministry. Jesus was the humble servant. Jesus loved those he led. Jesus showed them how he came into the world to be, not to be served. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life. John 13 beautifully parallels Philippians 2. As Jesus rose from the supper in John 13, Jesus rose from the right hand of his Father to come to us. And then at the last supper, Jesus laid aside his garments, as it says in verse 4 of chapter 13, where we are. And Paul said, Christ laid aside his blinding, glorious power of deity. He laid aside. He set it aside. Jesus is portraying his humility. Next, in John 13, Verse 4, at the end, Jesus gird himself with a servant's towel. As Paul says that Christ humbled himself and took the form of a servant. And as Jesus poured water in the basin and washed the disciples' feet, so in a few hours he poured out his blood on the cross as an atoning sacrifice for sin. So completely, this event in John 13 is portraying the entire work of Christ for his disciples Jesus concludes this parabolic illustration in verse 12. Look what he says in chapter 13, verse 12. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments, he sat down again and said to them, now how would you like to have been there for that message? I mean, it was so quiet. I mean, they all got the lesson. They all were convicted. They all knew they should have been doing what Jesus was doing. In fact, they all should have been washing his feet instead of him washing theirs, but... Now they're all ears, and he says, Do you know what I've done to you? Verse 13, You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. Verse 14, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Wow. Verse 15, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Jesus here talks about that humble girding on a servant-heartedness that is to characterize every believer. Every believer is supposed to serve one another, not come to the church, not come to Christ's church to be served. Isn't that interesting that people rate churches by whether they get anything out of it, whether they get served? Jesus said, that's not how you come. You come to serve. You come to be like me, to gird on the towel, to wash one another's feet, to, to find those believers that are struggling and come alongside of them. And to, and to look at coming to church as a time to wear the towel and serve as many people as possible. But that's not the only lesson. The other lesson is we all need daily cleansing. Why is it so important that we keep our feet clean? When we're defiled, we lose fellowship with the Lord. That's what Jesus was saying to Peter. Look at verse 8. If I wash thee not, you have no part with me. It's interesting, the word part, that's the word meros. It means participation. He said, Peter, if you don't let me get your feet clean, you don't have a share and the blessings of salvation. Did you know there are people that come to church without being washed and cleansed by Christ, without keeping short accounts, without confessing and forsaking, and they don't get anything out of it. They, they, it's just like the singing is nothing to them, and, and the, the fellowship is, is painful. It's because they come in uncleansed. They don't have a participation. Jesus doesn't let us participate in the joys and blessings of fellowship when we come with a polluted heart And stinky feet so communion is a time when we see the permanence of our washing as verse 10 says all of us in Christ have once and for all been cleansed but our fellowship with Christ is tied to whether we do what James said remember James chapter 1 verse 27 he says our our constant desire is to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. That when we see that, that our feet walking through the world have gotten polluted, we want them cleansed. Not getting saved again, but just that part of the world that's crept into our lives, forsaken and cleansed away. If we permit unforsaken and unconfessed sin in our hearts and minds... Our walk with the Lord will get obstructed. Our fellowship with the Lord will get stunted. Our joy of the Lord will begin to wither and wane. His power will not flow through us. So tonight, we need to ask Jesus to wash us. Now, how do we do that? Look at 1 Corinthians 11, and I'm going to conclude with this. 1 Corinthians 11 Look what Paul said everyone is supposed to do just before they partake in communion. 1 Corinthians 11, starting in verse 27. Whoever therefore eats this bread or drinks this cup, that's what we're going to do in a moment, 1 Corinthians 11:27 27 says, in an unworthy manner is guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. No matter what that sounds like to you, it's, not, it's negative no matter how you look at it. So what it's saying is don't, Don't partake in an unworthy manner. How do you make sure it's worthy? Look at verse 29, or verse 28. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat the bread and drink the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. For this reason, verse 30, many are sick and many are weak, And many sleep. But look at verse 31. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Basically, what we're supposed to do before communion is stick our feet out to Jesus and say, I need it. That's examining our hearts to see if there's any unconfessed, unforsaken, uncleansed away by the precious blood of Christ, worldliness in our lives, attitudes, actions and any type of what Paul called filthiness of the flesh or of the spirit where we have grieved and quenched the holy spirit so what we're going to do tonight is with that picture of Jesus coming around the basin he's actually coming around the table tonight and before we partake he wants us to bow before him and say wash me i want to partake tonight humbly cleansed and completely forsaking any sin in my life, any evidence of the flesh that I have noted that your spirit has reminded me of, I ask you to cleanse it away now.